Hello, this is Aaron Sims. Welcome to my podcast. This uh, In this episode, I thought I would talk about storms a little bit. Um, what prompted this was uh, Hurricane Irma, or the remnants of Hurricane Irma, passing through my area on Monday and Tuesday this week. And um, please continue to pray for everyone affected by Irma and Harvey, uh, which was uh, a couple weeks ago in Texas. And then there's been an earthquake in Mexico a few days ago as well. And um, as I mentioned, Irma passed through here on Monday and Tuesday, and last weekend I I kind of prepared for it by taking anything out from our yard that could potentially get thrown around by the wind. So I took the deck furniture in the garage and, and the basketball hoop and got all that stuff out of the way. And then um, it came through here Monday kind of afternoon and into the evening and into Tuesday. And um, part part of me tends to think, like before the storm came, I thought, oh, 30 mile per hour winds is what we were expecting. I thought that's not going to be too bad. But when you consider it's, it's sustained winds over almost two full days, and then with gusts up to, for us, up to 50 miles per hour, um, it actually causes a lot of damage. Our house was okay, but uh, but some of our neighbors lost some trees. The neighbor kind of behind us, they lost two uh, Leland Cypress that fell over into another neighbor's yard. And I noticed uh, today they've they've cut those down. So it, it causes a lot of havoc. And then um, power was out, not for us, thankfully, but for a lot of other people in the area and for my kids' schools. And they were out Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from school because there was no power. And a lot of the roads were closed so that was just from the you know the remnants of the hurricane hitting our area. So I can't imagine what what it was like with the main part of the storm down in the Florida Keys and Marco Island where it made landfall in the U.S. or in the Caribbean islands, which um, you know basically got in, totally engulfed by the hurricane. And uh, it makes me kind of reflecting on all this makes me think of the Book of Job. Um, because there's a, a line in there about about waves. So um, I'm going to read from Job 38, verses 1 through 11. It says, Then Yahweh answered Job out of the whirlwind, Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man, for I will question you, then you answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if you have understanding. Who determined its measures, if you know? Or who stretched the line on it? What were its foundations fastened on, or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who shut up the seas with doors when it broke out of the womb, when I made clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness, marked it out for my bound, set bars and doors, and said, You may come here, but no further. Your proud wave shall be stopped here. So these, uh, these words of the Lord... Of course, in the context of, of the book of Job, they were meant as a rebuke to Job and really in particular his friends uh, because Job had been suffering and his friends came to Job and offered all sorts of explanations uh, for Job's suffering and they, they centered around, um, the, the friends were basically trying to explain Job's suffering in terms of God's will and what God was doing to Job. And the truth of the matter was that God did not tell them why Job was suffering and so they were presuming to speak for God where God had not spoken. And so God answers their presumptions and, and challenges them with this series of rhetorical questions. And it goes on uh, throughout, um, th- throughout the latter part of Job, where God is making the point that they don't know everything. 
Uh, they weren't there when God created the world. They don't know God's hidden will and hidden mind, hidden mind, and so they can't speak where God Himself has not spoken. And I think of these uh, these verses in times like this because, you know, when the hurricane hits um, or the earthquakes, many people basically become like Job's friends. They attempt to explain the suffering that people experience in terms of God's will or even in terms of his punishment. You hear that um, uh, come out quite a bit. I remember when Katrina hit uh, New Orleans, some people were saying it was punishment for New Orleans. Same with, um, I think in, it was in 2005 or so when uh, uh, there were about four hurricanes who passed through Orlando and people were saying similar things, trying to explain the hurricanes in terms of God's judgment. And yet, Similar to the book of Job, God doesn't tell us that this is so. God doesn't explain in particular why these things are happening. We just know that they happen because the world has fallen and the world's not meant to be. So if if we reflect on the book of Job and and look at these verses, we, we ought to be humbled as Job was and realize that we're not God and we don't know what he has not revealed to us. And that's really the purpose of, Job, of God's words to Job, to humble him and to cause him not to speculate in what might be, but rather to trust in what is. And so if we think of ourselves, instead of attempting to speak for God, we're, we're instead called to trust in what he has clearly revealed to us. And what he's revealed to us is that he is Lord over creation. And we see it in Job, we see it in, in Genesis when God creates everything, we see it in the um, introduction of uh, John's gospel as well when he ties in with Genesis. And then we see it later uh, throughout the New Testament when Jesus creates. He's Lord in the flesh. Uh, he creates uh, wine from water, for example, at the wedding at Cana. He heals people. He walks on water. He calms the storm. And so we don't have all the answers, but we have the one that truly matters, that the Lord God, the creator of all things, actually came in the flesh to redeem and restore his creation. This is the message we proclaim to people. This is the thing we, we hang our hat on, so to speak, that we hitch our wagon to. This is the gospel. Because we may, we may suffer in this life because this present world is fallen and marred by sin, but the Lord is restoring it to the per- perfection in which he originally created it. That's his promise. And he points us to the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting and the restoration of of creation with the new heaven and the new earth. And so, like Job, we can trust in this future restoration and in our own bodily resurrections into it. And we then can believe what Job, as he says in Job 19, But as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives. In the end, he will stand upon the earth. After my skin is destroyed, then I will see God in my flesh, whom I, even I, will see on my side. My eyes will see, and not as a stranger. Thanks for listening and God bless.